Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. Music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. You can also find The Secret Teachings www.thesecretteachings.info, our website, where you'll find our free show archive, my books, and all of our show promos. You can also find links on the website to listen to the show on any radio or podcast player of your choice. Those links are, of course, free, so you can stream and download the show after it airs Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. If you're a subscriber to the show or if you're looking to become a subscriber to the show, you can renew your subscription on our website. Or if you're looking to become a subscriber, you can subscribe on Aftermath.media, where Mike and others have been very busy migrating our archive over to their website. So when you subscribe to The Secret Teachings for the premium package, you also get Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis or vice versa. When you subscribe to Clyde, you also get The Secret Teachings and a bunch of other goodies Check that out at aftermath.media and our website again, www.thesecretteachings.info. And tonight on the broadcast, we haven't discussed this for some time, so I wanted to preface before we get started that here on The Secret Teachings, I'm not trying to, my intention is not to provide you with an opinion that I'm going to infer or imply, I should say imply, so that you can infer is factual. I'm simply providing you with information, and I'm trying to provide you with the best objective analysis of the information that I receive, that I come across, etc. And tonight on the show, we're going to talk about the idea that SARS-CoV-2 leaked from a laboratory. Now, from the very beginning, back in 2019, even we were discussing this in 2019 before this was even big news, and people were telling me that I was a little bit crazy, and then 2020 happens, and suddenly I'm not crazy uh, anymore unless I don't put on a mask. And it's very strange that from the very beginning, from the very, very beginning, we were told that not just stay in your home for two weeks, but we were told that this would all you know, be resolved and that it wasn't really that bad. And it's and then it got really bad, supposedly. And then you have to wear your mask and do all the mitigation things. And the mainstream media said this is racist to suggest that the virus came from China. And so that created this political dichotomy of people like Donald Trump, who said China virus and people that wanted to censor that kind of language, even though regardless of what you think about viruses and bacteria and germ theory and all that. Uh, we, we've always kind of named diseases based on where they were found. So that's always been a, a practice like Lyme disease, et cetera. And so that apparently wasn't an okay thing to do anymore. But this dichotomy between the, the left and the right and between the mainstream and the alternative just got deeper and deeper and deeper or wider and wider and wider. The, the, the canyon between them got wider and wider and wider. And after a couple of years, just sometime last year, it started to become fashionable for the mainstream media to acknowledge that, okay, maybe the virus did come from China. Maybe it did come from Wuhan. Maybe it came from a laboratory, right? You've seen those congressional hearings and a very recent congressional hearing. In fact, I have the memorandum from the U.S. Congress dated March 5th, 2023, where they give a breakdown 
from 2020 until the, uh, it was like early 2020 until the end of 2020, where Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Francis Collins and a bunch of other scientists got together in February of 2020 to discuss the, quote, origins of the virus. A couple days after that, on the 4th of February of 2020, uh, this is what it says, four participants of the conference call authored a paper called The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2, and they sent a draft to doctors Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins. So then the publication of this uh, Proximal Origin study was published in Nature Medicine, according to this uh, report from Congress, and it was sent to Dr. Fauci for editing and for approval. And a few months later, just a couple months after the, the meeting and the paper was authored, uh, basically what Congress has decided and Congress has found, the U.S. Congress, uh, is that Dr. Fauci had organized this movement uh, within the medical community, if you will, to put down, this is a quote, put down the lab leak, uh, leak hypothesis and then the day after Anthony Fauci asked for this, uh, Dr. Collins asked for public pressure. This is like internal emails and communicating with the media, uh, asked for more pressure to be put on that theory or that hypothesis. And Congress, this is a quote, says Dr. Fauci cited the proximal origin study uh, from the White House podium when he asked um, if the COVID-19 or the SARS-CoV-2 virus leaked from a lab. So basically what Congress is saying is that from the beginning, Fauci orchestrated this whole thing, and Dr. Collins orchestrated this whole thing. They wrote the paper, and then they cited their own work, and they cited uh, basically what was a, what was a basically a conspiracy behind the scenes to conceal the origins of the virus. And this is now, I guess it's really... Um, seems to be vindicating for the alternative media who said this came from a lab from from the beginning. And a lot of that, of course, comes from I don't really have an issue with Infowars, but a lot of that comes from Infowars. And a lot of people just regurgitate that like any other news outlet. And so Congress uh, says this. They say new evidence released by the select subcommittee suggests that Dr. Fauci prompted the drafting of a publication that would disprove the lab leak theory. The authors of this paper skewed available evidence to achieve that goal, and Dr. Jeremy Farrer went uh, uh, went uncredited despite significant involvement. This is what Congress said in the recent memorandum, March 5th, 2023. Now, to discuss this with me this evening, we're going to talk about a lot, but to discuss this with me, I have Don Lester and David Parker, authors of What Really Makes You Ill. They are, of course, regulars on The Secret Teachings. And my first question for you, David, and for you, Don, is that after all this time, suddenly the mainstream media finally says, yeah, it's, it's from a lab, and all the alternative media says, hey, that's what we've been saying. And even our Congress is now saying, hey, look, we found evidence that Fauci you know, orchestrated this, this psychological thing, this, this, this manipulation of the public. He orchestrated this, this whole thing that says that the, the virus didn't come from a lab, uh, and we think it did come from a lab. This has got a lot of people really confused. Can you both break this down for me and try to give me maybe... Uh, a different perspective, give our audience a different perspective on this, because it it just seems like the same business as usual. I don't feel vindicated by this. I feel like I'm being I'm being uh, uh, conned again or something to that effect. Don Lester, David Parker, w welcome to the you're, show. You're <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was I just wanted to make one point. I, I think it's Leonard who said, you know, if you want to um, um, 
uh, it's, it's something to, to do with you know controlling the opposition if you you know so they're controlling the narrative by controlling the opposition as well so if you like it's it's controlling both sides of the story when neither side is actually correct but anyway yeah they it, it is all subterfuge and deception uh, to be honest because it's uh, another way of just keeping the lie of a virus in existence you know um so uh, and then of course the people who've uh, been in the truthers community if we want to use that term as you say are feeling vindicated because they said oh yes it's a lab leak and uh, all along well if you're going to have a lab leak of a virus then you've got to have a pathogenic virus in the first place and even if it's as some people believe it's a genetically modified one well again you've still got to start with a virus some sort of microorganism i.e. something alive that you can genetically modify um, that you're then going to either deliberately or accidentally release from your lab um, but it all boils down to the fact is there is no such thing there has never been never can be uh, a pathogenic virus these things are just cellular debris they are not microorganisms they are not living they have never been living so you can't genetically modify an unliving particle of debris into a living organism which you can then release on the world so so all of this uh, subterfuge of pretending that it's a lab leak so that this thing really does exist and it's and uh, it's either being deliberately released or accidentally released and let's have it all come from china so that we can point the finger at them as well um so it's it's a fabrication the whole thing is a fabrication based on no scientific evidence whatsoever i mean <laughs> sorry Dolly. and i was gonna say the other thing is of course that um you have to see that um both sides of the story were set up from the beginning because of what you were saying about the information um about the kind of it was set up from a lab right from the very beginning and it was this information was being hidden and being um sort of uh, played down or you know just being suppressed in in whatever way so so that they could then use it if necessary because they want to as david said you know maintain the line that that's that's really the issue that we uh, well the public are being given um two sides of a story uh, neither of which is correct um but they are the only options we're given well it's it was either a, a natural one that came from china or it's a lab created one that came from china <laughs> or uh, and again there's there's all the gain of function gain of function nonsense that's been tied in with that as well that um you know they're being created and obviously the, the gain of function idea is that they're being made more virulent and more dangerous and more you know all, all of that kind of stuff so it's it's all based on fear-mongering but again they're, they're controlling both sides of the narrative to make sure that people stay afraid. Yes, from from the uh, very beginning. And confused and very confused, and and definitely it shows that they started off with that purpose. So they they had, if you like, they they had all their um, uh, sort of you know temping sort of you know set up at the beginning, ready to use whichever one they want and sort of bowl them out, um, d depending on how the narrative was going. So that you know they they had it all set up at the beginning. 
No, I, I completely agree. We did a show, actually, Don Lester and I did a show about uh, four months ago, maybe two, two, three, four months ago, something like that. And we looked at the papers from the UK uh, yeah. and from the United States where back in late 2019, early 2020, uh, there was discussion in health circles and in government about just using fear to control yeah. people's perception of the virus. I mean, I have copies of those papers. There was a recent one. I actually sent the article over to Don. I don't know if you saw it, David, about uh, Matt Hancock uh, and yeah. all his yeah. all his WhatsApp messages and just using fear to con this isn't even a conspiracy theory. This is just in their own messages and their own papers they published to use fear to control people. That's what it was from the very, very beginning and giving people the the option of like you can believe that this was a natural thing and be terrified of it or you can believe it came from a lab and is a conspiracy in both cases, it's like letting letting a kid play with one of those pretend steering wheels in the back seat, but you're actually driving the car. You know, you got two kids, two steering wheels in the back. They both think they're driving, but someone else is actually driving the car. That's kind of how yeah. I look at it. it well, well, as, as well, I think, version, but yeah. as I think people know, certainly <laughs> in the UK, they know um, it's no secret anymore that the UK government employed about half a dozen psychologists to help them. Um, was that the SPIB script? Yeah, yes, 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 to write the script on uh, frightening people, you know, so to work on basically emotional blackmail. Uh, so a disgraceful state of affairs right from the outset for any government to actually plan to do that, lie in the most effective way they can, because that's basically what it is, and uh, emotionally blackmail people. So that's uh, an open secret, if you like. And uh, it's, they seem to be they seem to be trying to throw Matt Hancock, who was the sort of health minister at the time, throw him under the bus, as it were, if I can use that expression. But of course, um, which is, you know, he should be in jail, that's for sure. But so should the rest of the government, because uh, they tried to make out that it's uh, all him and what a bad guy he was. Uh, they were all complicit in it because they had ample opportunity. You know, their own scientists advised them right back in 2020 that the so-called virus in their own terms was no longer classed as uh, a major threat. Now, back in those early days, Matt Hancock uh, didn't, we are told, didn't actually inform the government of the fact that the government's own scientists had actually downgraded the threat. And he didn't tell them. So they then went on to implement all the mask wearing and social distancing and all the other stuff. But <clears throat> yes, that was, uh, again, a criminal activity on his part and he should be in prison, but he, they kept him on. But the rest of the government have known these things. So the whole, they are complicit in the whole thing, including, as we know, with the government's own in the UK, their yellow card system, which uh, has shown the amount of deaths that there is just in the UK from the jabs. So, and still they keep pushing it as safe and effective and necessary. So they are all complicit and uh, their jail time is long overdue. The document that we um, um, discussed, I mean, I've got it open in front of me, it's called Options for Increasing Adherence to Social Distancing Measures. And uh, I mean, it says the options set out below are not mutually exclusive. In fact, there is evidence that greatest behaviour change impact is achieved by interventions that operate at many levels simultaneously and consistently. 
there are nine broad ways of achieving behavior change. And then they list education, persuasion, incentivization, coercion, enablement, training, restriction, environmental restructuring and modeling. So this is about behavior change. Behavior modification. What what was the date of that and and who published that? that, That's the 22nd of March, 2020. You can find it on uh, the gov.uk website. It's called Options for Increasing Adherence to Social Distancing Measures. That's sophisticated Um, psychological, uh, I would say, psychological warfare. And that's right at the beginning of the pandemic. Right at the beginning. Yep, 22nd of March, as I say, right at the beginning. In fact, they downgraded um, this so-called thing, COVID, uh, from a high... Or what do they call it? High impact, I don't know, um, highly infectious disease or whatever it was. I think it was on something like the 19th of March. It, it was just a few days before this document. Um, so obviously, because of that, they then have to and ramp the, up the thing. Yeah, the scientific but, pandemic inf- uh, influenza group on behavior, that's the SPIB, they said yeah. that they were trying, this is a quote from them, they were trying to increase the quote, perceived level of personal threat. Perceived, yeah. perceived yeah. doesn't sound very real to me. <laughs> you just perceive that you're actually threatened. Doesn't sound like a virus. Oh no, no, uh, and yes, I mean it's on that doc, this document as well. The perceived level of personal threat needs to be increased among those who are complacent using hard-hitting emotional messaging. I mean, I know we went over is. this last time, but again, emotional messaging. You know, well, if it's if there is scientific evidence. You don't need emotional messaging. You need to put the science out and it's clear yes. from what's happened in the last three years. But they also you know, have, uh, I'm, no I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Don, but there's a, no. I, I showed you the paper. I'm sure you've both, both have seen this from the NIH, from Yale University, uh, clinicaltrials.gov. There, and there's also one from the American Medical Association where early on, way before the vaccine was even a thing, even really being talked about for that matter, there was this document published. It was a study slash report on how to get people to take the vaccine, not based on science, but based on they had a list of things, patriotism, community interest, doing what the collective wants you to do, fear that you'll kill somebody, all the talking points that are still being used on the nightly news and on social media. And the American Medical Association, they put out a report in late, uh, I want to say late 2021, might have been 2022, where they said that uh, they gave a whole list of things that anybody who's going to do a, a media interview, like with the press, uh, uh, radio, could be TV, whatever. They gave them a list of things to do so that they could control the conversation, which is typical in media interviews, but specifically around the subject of questioning the e- efficacy of the vaccine. They had a whole list of talking points as if the AMA was doing groundwork for, for Pfizer and BioNTech and, and uh, Moderna, et cetera. It's all it's all scripted, like literally scripted. You have a copy of one of the scripts, Don. Yes, I mean that that's it. It's it is scripted, um, and it's really surprising and, and somewhat disappointing that more people aren't seeing it that way. Um, or maybe that's why they're ramping up the fear mongering because more people are seeing it, and so they're having to come out with this other story. Yeah, can I? Uh, and as you, as you say, in the, and and that's in the kind of alternative media, which many people believe because, you know, they don't believe the mainstream anymore. So they're pumping it out in the alternative uh, as if it's true. And that's not the case either. Okay, let me ask, can I ask you, David, I wanted to ask you about this. I don't know if Don showed you the Pfizer uh, 
press release back in January where they responded to claims of gain of function research. Did she show you that or Don, do you remember that paper I sent you from Pfizer? Um, I, I probably do, but I haven't got it open at the moment. I'm, I'm sure I would have shared it with David. Sure. Um, remind me the. Yeah. So I want to, I want to ask you guys this about, this is directly from Pfizer's website. This is a press release. This is in response to the idea that they are involved in gain of function research. And this is what they say. With a naturally evolving virus, it is important to routinely assess the activity of an antiviral. And they go on to say that most of this work, including anything that you would could perceive of or conceive of as gain-of-function research, they say most of this work is conducted using, quote, computer simulations. It's, it's not something that they say they're doing in a laboratory. It's maybe a computer laboratory. They say it's all done with computer simulations. And this is what a lot of people, including yourselves, have said from the beginning. It's all done. It's a computer virus, if anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And, uh, and we do say this to people in simple terms. You know, all of the so-called variants, they only exist in a computer. The uh, sort of genome of the, the virus only exists in a computer because they've never started from square one with the thing the virus, you know, has never been proved to exist, has never been uh, genetically characterized. Uh, none of the basic science has ever been done anywhere in the world. And yet they build all of these stories based on a complete fallacy. I often say to people, it would be like me showing you lots of nice colored pictures of unicorns. And I can show people lots of them. But if someone says, can we actually see a real unicorn, please? Well, that's when the whole thing falls down. Because, and this is the same. They've built all these fantastic stories, um, of whether it's gain of function or all of the other stuff, based on absolutely nothing. And that's why we try to simplify it. Uh, not, it's not dumbing it down. It's just asking people to look at the basic facts. Has anyone proved there is such a thing as SARS-CoV-2 or any other virus for that matter? Has anyone done the basic science? And no, they haven't. So let's stop turning ourselves inside out as many of the alternative, so-called alternative media is doing, arguing among themselves about all of these different stories. And uh, particularly, you know, the ones that were following the, uh, we believe it's uh, a lab leak and it's been hidden from us. And uh, they're being played and they don't realize they're being played. I think some of them do, because I think, unfortunately, there's a few... Uh, gatekeepers that have <laughs> infiltrated the uh, so-called alternative media and some of them are big names and uh, they propagate these uh, this misinformation uh, deliberately uh, and a lot of the alternative uh, people um, are taken in by it and this gain of function or lab leak or whatever it is is all part of the same lie and uh, it's time people realize that and uh, stop paying attention to it yeah i think that what we have here is a very sophisticated form of psychological warfare and it has been not that the pandemic has been planned in the sense that a virus was cooked up in a lab and released for social control they don't need to do that they just need the perceived threat of a perceived virus. People perceive that from what they've learned in school or what they've learned in movies, etc. And it's all happening in the mind. And that yeah. that that to me is more terrifying than a deadly virus or even the idea of a deadly virus that you can get people so afraid and so terrified just based on something that is uh, imaginary. And that's 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 really, really terrifying. We're going to talk more about that when we come back from break. Don Lester 
and David Parker, my guests this evening. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, which you can find at caravantomidnight.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. From parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash the secret teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium options. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. I hope you find it enlightening. You are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. You can catch the show Monday through Friday or listen in our free archive on our website. Or if you're a subscriber, you can now go over to aftermath.media and listen to the show that way as well. That's Aftermath.media and TheSecretTeachings.info. My guests this evening, Don Lester and David Parker, authors of What Really Makes You Ill. What Really Makes You Ill is a fantastic book that you can find pretty much uh, anywhere. If you go online, go to Amazon, you can find a copy of it. It's in a couple of different languages. What Really Makes You Ill? And there's a question mark there. What does really make you ill? David, earlier you were saying that viruses, and this is the thing that really, I think, confuses people, that these viruses don't necessarily exist. They are obviously looking at something under electron microscopes. Whatever that is, uh, is not, you know, it's, it's something up for debate in terms of whether it causes a disease. Can you guys briefly break this down for people that are new? Uh, they see pictures of viruses. They see computer-generated images of viruses. They see artists depicting viruses. The question is, isn't so much whether what they're looking at is real. There's something there. It's a matter of whether or not that particular thing causes another particular set of, of symptoms, et cetera. Is that correct? Well, that that's the crux of it, really. Uh, under an electron microscope, they see these 
uh, black dots quite often that's all they are and these are this is after a, a sample has been taken from a supposed sick person and before they can look at it under an electron microscope it goes through quite a lot of adulteration for want of a better word of heating and staining and then is subjected to high temperatures of uh, electron bombardment so what they're looking at anyway there's no resemblance to what it is like in a human body and then they're giving the name virus to some of these uh, spots and particles that they see uh, but they have never proved that those things do anything, that they are anything other than cellular debris. And there is a process, a scientific process to go through where they should take the thing, the particle that they are suspecting of causing a disease. And what they actually do in virology is they take uh, a sample from a supposed sick person um, and suppose that it's got the virus in the sample. And, and the important word is suppose, because they haven't proved anything yet. They've just taken a blood sample or a tissue sample. They put it in a Petri dish, and then they add antibiotics, uh, serum from a baby calf, and a monkey kidney cells, and various other chemicals, okay? And they call that an isolation. Well, we know as <laughs> that that is not an isolation. Isolation is when you separate one thing from everything else. So they've started off with what is can only be described as a concoction, uh, a cocktail, really. And then they leave this Petri dish for anything up to five days. And when they come back and all the cells have died in the monkey kidney cells and the uh, baby calf blood, uh, and then they assume, assume again, that it, it must be the virus that's uh, killed all the cells. They never stop to think that the fact that they've starved the cells to death or, and also poison them with the various chemicals and antibiotics that they've put in there, they never stopped to think that they could have actually played a part in that. And the fact that they'd never proved that there was a virus in the sample in the first place. So many people, including us, have pointed this out and said, why is there not a control experiment done, Mr. Virologist? And so people may know of Dr. Stefan Lanker, who was trained as a virologist. So he set about to do a controlled experiment, which is to take a second Petri dish and put all the same concoction in it that the, the virologists do in their normal test, but to not put in anything that could be considered viral particles. And then leave the control dish again for the same period of up to five days. And sure enough, when you when he came back to it, all the cells had died and they died because they'd been poisoned and uh, starved to death. So he pointed this out, you know, this is what should always be done as a control experiment, but is never done by virologists. They just do the one Petri dish. And so, as he said, their experiment is completely invalid scientifically. It doesn't prove anything. And that has been like that for the last 70 years, ever since virology sort of really uh, started its uh, practices. So this is what we try to take people back to every time, um, even whether it's doctors or virologists, is to please look at what you are doing. You must see that you do not, you never do a control experiment. You have never proved that these particles that you, you see under your electron microscope or anything more than just that, particles, um, that they have, they are not pathogens at all. And that's where it all starts. 
But that is all seems to be brushed under the table by uh, virologists and the medical system because it doesn't suit their agenda uh, because they want us all to believe that there are these deadly particles that can come and infect us. But we can all be saved by the pharmaceutical companies who will sell us various lotions and potions and inject various toxins and concoctions into people's bloodstreams on the basis that they will uh, provide immunity. And then we get into the other story of does the body have an immune system? So it's just one layer of nonsense built upon another layer of mon- nonsense. It becomes and, it becomes almost theological in, in scope because it's like this idea of original sin and Jesus can save us from our original sin. And I'm not saying anything negative about Jesus or God or Christianity or anything like that. But it's the idea, it's the concept of there's these evil things out there that can get us. And thank God Pfizer is here with some lotions and potions and a vaccine to help us to to absolve us of our sin. And uh, if we just follow and do what Pfizer wants us to do or what Moderna wants us to do, they can lead us to the promised land of perfect health. It's very, very cult-like. Yes, exactly. Um, But also to take you back to um, to just before the break, what you were saying about how this information has sort of been put out. I mean, this isn't, you know, just the last three years. Obviously, it's been ramped up, but so much has been put out in the media, but also in, um, you know, in in other in other parts of the entertainment industry, including, um, you know, films, movies, uh, you know, over years. So, I mean, this is. I mean, predictive programming is is well known. Um, you know, it's but it's been out there for a very long time, and obviously they've been ramping up the fear mongering about what these so called um, uh, pathogens could do, and all kinds of things. I mean, you know, they've gone into the the whole thing of um, the, the fungi as well with that series of you know the Last of Us and all that nonsense. Um, so they're just ramping it up at all different levels. So it shows just how far back the plan is to, to perpetuate the idea that there are these invisible enemies out there that can get us, uh, which ties into what you've just said about, well, therefore we there, you know, we have to trust these experts, you know, these people in white coats in the laboratories who are working with these highly technical machines and, and doing all these wonderful experiments and proving that there are these nasties and that we all have to be careful. And of course, the pictures they show have all these lab lab technicians, you know, dressed in all kinds of protective gear to to show that, you know, what they're working is is definitely, uh, definitely dangerous. That's why they, you know, have these, you know, protective equipment. Um, But of course, they're you know, in the same way that, you know, we talk about doctors' educations, I mean, scientists, laboratory technicians, that's how they're trained. They're trained to work in that way. They're trained to work with these procedures and, to, you know, the ones that David has described and, and to believe that they, that when this happens, that that has a particular meaning. And that means that there is a deadly virus in there that they then do all kinds of nonsense in other computer systems with genomes and they you know they actually assemble genomes they don't discover them it's 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 just crazy when you start looking at it but it's there are so many different layers to this and obviously it is all based on keeping the fear-mongering going but but also perpetuating the system through the whole training 
system um you know right from the very beginning because you know the virologists like we say you know virologists and lab technicians you know they're not bad people they're just doing what well, they, they're trying to do and interpreting the results in the way they've been trained to interpret them well precisely and they interpret them the way that they're trained to interpret them and perceive them the way that they're trained to perceive them as were their yeah. teachers and the, their teachers and so on and so forth and then we because and i'm not even i, I don't i certainly believe in predictive programming but I don't even think predictive programming uh, is a explanation for a lot of what we see, like a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows, I think more so than predictive programming are just uh, and certainly there's things in Hollywood that are given to Hollywood by government or the Pentagon has to approve scripts. But just at the, the baseline, I think you just have people in Hollywood who grew up like we did. They make assumptions based on things they've heard and based on things they've learned. And then they write a really, you know, a scary movie or they write a movie or write a TV show about viruses or a contagion or something to that effect. And it doesn't necessarily have to be predictive programming. It's just assumptions based on assumptions. And that just becomes the, the cultural norm. That's what we all uh, begin to think. But but at the same time, then, mm. you know, you have to wonder why some of those are the ones that get all the awards and awards and all the attention, all the media attention. And so for you that, know, yes, I like agree. There, there may be something behind that to promote those particular types of movies. Uh, you know, they're not necessarily the best, as it were, but they're the ones that are are uh, recommended as, you know, going forward yes. and getting the awards and promoted. So it's that part of it is you know because that pushes the narrative and gets people ready to accept when they decide to then play out their you know like they did with um event 201 you know they there was something going on so they had to have people primed ready to accept their narrative just I, in 2020 i've had firsthand experience of that in in radio like i can watch when i do a show where i like for example i did a show a few weeks ago where the I said uh, our Department of Energy here in the United States has now acknowledged that the virus came from a lab. So they're working now with the FBI and there's some agencies that don't believe that, but some that do. And I did a whole show on how I don't believe it one way or the other, sort of what we're discussing tonight. And that show got the least amount of downloads than any show I've done so far this year. And I was thinking, how is it that, you know, that should have been a real, that's a kind of a profound thing. It's, it's completely different than everything else you'd hear, you'd hear in radio but that show gets shadow banned. It gets driven down and hardly anybody saw it or downloaded it. Yet you have a lot of people online, on social media, a lot of radio people that just regurgitate nonsense. But whether it's mainstream or alternative and they get millions and millions of hits and downloads because, well, the algorithm allows them to get that. And they're not shadow yeah. banned necessarily. So the algorithm promotes not just the mainstream. It also promotes the alternative. It promotes the, the, the literal snake venom story i don't know if you remember that and the snake yes, the yeah. snake oil as well it promotes that and yep. it allows it to to um proliferate on those platforms so uh, w one thing i wanted to mention to you guys there, there's so much and i want to give you guys in the next hour a lot of time to just kind of speak and take us through this but i get so excited when i talk to you because you're some of the only people i know who really who really get this and i've learned so much from you as well from reading your book uh but thank you you're very welcome. What really makes you ill is the book. You should definitely go get a copy of it if you don't have one yet. At the very beginning of all this, there was a, a study that uh, my boss, I was working at a little co-op grocery store and I was the odd man out. I was the weird person because I didn't participate in any of this. And my boss had said he was trying to get me to wear a mask and he sends me this study. And it was from it was a USA Today article, uh, September 21st, 2020. And it is an article about why masking is a good thing because it can prevent, you know, the virus from spreading. So 
I said, I'll, I'll read the article. Sure, I'll read the study. So he gives it to me and I read it. And I came across this, this statement in the study. It says, the WHO, the World Health Organization, agrees with more than 200 medical experts that COVID-19 may spread via the air. I said, okay, may spread. That doesn't mean it does spread. And the study goes on to say, and the report from the USA Today goes on to say, that the study did not, quote, look at gas clouds of patients infected with SARS-CoV-2 virus, but it hypothesized. So I went back to my boss and I said, okay, this says it, it may. You said it does. This was your proof. It says may. And the study itself didn't even look at people infected with SARS-CoV-2. It just hypothesized because if I sneeze, those droplets can go 20-something feet. So they just assumed, they hypothesized, they theorized, well, if the virus was in there, which we didn't detect it, then it could travel that far. Yeah, absolutely true. And of course, the, the, the little point that you just made about um, so-called germs um, traveling through the air after someone sneezed, I mean, they've, the medical establishments have disproved that themselves numerous times, going right back to the Spanish flu, 1918, when they tried to, you know, that was supposed to be the most infectious and deadly disease around at the time, we're told has killed at least 20 million people, and yet they tried numerous times to infect healthy people by having them literally do that, sneeze directly in their face, take um, nasal congestion from the sick people and giving it to the healthy people, they tried exchanging blood with the sick people to the healthy people and not once not once were they able to infect a healthy healthy person so as i say and that was the medical establishment themselves doing that the rosenau experiments was that in boston um, yeah, yeah 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 the boston experiment yeah so but they just <laughs> they just ignore all the their own evidence that shows there is no such thing as an infectious disease. Even. Well, that doesn't support their narrative, so of course um, they're going to ignore well, it. Well, exactly. <laughs> but this this again just yeah. adds coals to the fire, doesn't it? To show that there is, a, uh, even though they tell us, well, we're just following the science. Well, you know, it nothing. would be nothing could be further from the truth yeah. if they did actually follow the science. That's virologists in the way we've just said, and the rest of the medical establishment. We wouldn't have this nonsense. Uh, of the germ theory, keeping uh, the majority of the world population in fear over nothing. It's been disproved so many times by their own experiments, let alone when people like us and others have absolutely will just prove what you say and they can't. And yep. the thing, of course, with the sort of spraying out or, you know, that you can cough, sneeze or whatever, that those droplets go out, that definitely bolsters their false narrative that, you know, you can therefore make somebody else ill, you know, because, you know, they, they have to have a mechanism by which, which these so-called so-called viruses are, are being spread. So you go, well, you know, if you sneeze, it goes. And so, and that, of course, is part of the That the turns people narrative. against each other. Exactly. Mm. And make people fear that they can make somebody else ill, which is how they get children scared because they could make granny ill and all that kind of stuff. And so it keeps people away from it's each torture. other. Isn't yes. it? It's like torture and terrorism. Yes, definitely terrorism. Yeah. Terrorizing people. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. I have another one here for you. This is from Nature. And this was at the very beginning of the pandemic. Also at my my uh, my little co-op grocery store I had worked at in, in New York. And uh, I was given this by someone else trying to get me to wear a mask. Actually, a lot of people gave me some of these studies I used in my book. Uh, this is from Nature, and it says scientists in the United States have shown in the laboratory 
that the virus can survive in an aerosol and remain infectious for at least three hours. And I thought, wow, they proved it. Okay. And then I kept reading and it says, although the conditions in the study were highly artificial and they just manufactured, it's basically just a computer simulation. It was an artificial environment and they just kind of assumed even in that environment, they had to assume that this is, you know, this is what happened. They can transmit it and it can stay in the air for three hours, but they never proved it. They never isolated the virus and the conditions were quote, highly artificial I just like, are, are these people not reading these studies? They're just showing them to me because of the headlines. And I think that's how most people get their, their information. The headline is yeah. scary. Yeah. And it's also what's regarded as a prestigious um, journal. Yeah. And, nature. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the problem. You know, it's just the appeal to experts, appeal to authority. I mean, you know, it's like so many logical fallacies when you start looking at it all and you kind of, well, no, actually, let's prove it first. And I mean, obviously, with the whole um, scientific journals and then we're getting into kind of peer review and just, oh, well, it's got to be peer reviewed in a prestigious journal. And when you start looking into that, that falls apart because the peer review process doesn't actually do what we're giving the impression that it does. You know, you say it's something else. Would you, you say it's a rubber that. stamp? Yeah. Yeah. Old boy, old boys network is, is another way some people describe it. You yeah. know, it's, um, you know, keeping your friends. Um, uh, but anything that's controversial or anything that's new gets quashed mainly because, well, yeah, but anything, if there's something, you know, a new discovery that, that somebody's come up with, most of the people in, in the kind of field that might be asked to review that particular paper, their, their whole career might be threatened by this new discovery. So they're certainly going to try and quash that, aren't they? Because they kind of like, I mean, this, will, yeah, this, hmm. this happens in every field. In fact, I did a show recently, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. I did a show where I talked about Piltdown Man. You remember Piltdown Man? From, mm, yeah. 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 Yes. 1912, I think it was, uh, I think it was 1912. And Piltdown Man was supposedly the missing link, for those of you who don't know, the missing link between man and ape. It was a couple decades after Darwin published his, quote, theories. Uh, Charles, yeah. Charles Dawson, he found, he found Piltdown Man. He found the connection just outside of England. And it was mainline doctrine in archaeology and, and human history for, what, 40-something years? People paid to go to school to learn about this. Then in the, in the mm -hmm. 1950s, oh, it's actually fake. He staged the whole thing for, well, both for himself and also for, for England to make himself and to make England look really good. They, they had the missing link right there, just outside the city. They just found it there in a pit. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd uh, assembled uh, several bits of uh, uh, bones together to make it look like uh, the real thing. But, it, yes, it was just a, a complete hoax, complete fabrication, and uh, taken on board by everyone, in, including the not only the general public, of course, because they just believe what they're told by the authorities, and that was a prime case of that, mm. uh, but also academia. You know, they all took it on because, you know, if some important person tells you this, then you have to believe it. They don't do the research themselves, and this, of course, brings us right back to the way doctors and virologists are trained. Scientists. But, uh, scientists, yeah. They're the told something while they're at college, and then they believe it. They don't do, as we found, doctors do not do their own research while they're training. Uh, they never prove that viruses or any germ causes an illness. They never see any scientific papers to prove it. They just believe what they're told and then go out into the world and practice what they've been told, which is basically um, whatever these symptoms are that you're presented with, there's a drug in the cabinet that I can give you. And uh, that's basically all that happens. 
And we rely on those companies to give us those drugs. It becomes a singular issue, singular solution. So it's no benefit to anybody, including to the individual who thinks they're, you know, getting sick from a virus, even though they, they are sick. It's just probably not from a virus. It's not from a virus. Uh, from the individual standpoint, you know, you don't have to take into consideration that it might be my diet. It might be my lifestyle. It might be, you know, where I'm living. I, I could be I could have all these issues that are that I'm causing or I could just believe that, you know, my neighbor got me sick and then here's Pfizer. They can help me. It's a singular issue, singular yeah. solution, and it benefits the company. It benefits the the individual, too, because they don't have to address the problems that uh, they may be causing, whether they're aware of them or not. That's how I look at it. it. Exactly. And that's the point that um, it makes people uh, take responsibility for, you know, everything they're putting in and on their bodies, as we say, in our work. And and there are many people who don't actually want to face that, um, you know, their lifestyle, whatever, uh, and make changes because, they're, you know, again, it's the complacency, which is why we've got into this mess because people are just kind of carried on and it's only when something changes you know something pretty nasty happens that people have to start looking at things and start looking at their own lives but if you know it's it, it is so much easier just to say oh well it was nothing to do with me so again they're, they're denying responsibility for their own actions and and saying oh well you know it was just you know something that happened to me whether it's a so-called germ or you know it's in their genes or that kind of stuff um and so they say well i'll just take a tablet and they can carry on and they don't have to actually do any thinking or, and make any changes and and realize that you know they could actually be it's, it's not about blame, but it's it's about responsibility. They may be responsible for some of the um, conditions that, yeah. that, that are affecting their body. Of course, genes itself, I mean, we'll only, I'll just mention it briefly there, but genetics is another one of those things where people can use it as an excuse because yeah. they're told, oh, it's in my genes, you know, and it could be right. someone who yes. is obese and they are let off the hook because they say, well, it's, it's in my genes. There's nothing I can do about it. Well, you know, I'm afraid, like carrying on I'm, afraid that's, junk food. I'm afraid that's just not true. You know, well, it's genetics like I, is a, like, I guess one it's, of these things. It's in my genes. And as I grew up, I, I learned to speak English, but I can also learn another language. And then I can pass that on to my, my children. I can teach them another language. I can I can do a lot of things that are, you know, maybe contrary to how I grew up, contrary to my genes, contrary to my culture, my family, et cetera, we can make decisions to change. Yeah, that idea, I agree with you guys. That is absurd. The idea that if it's in your genes, oh, oh, you're screwed. You're going to have breast cancer. Just get your breasts cut off at a young age. Then you don't have to worry about cancer. It's in your, your mom had it. So you're going to have it. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately, that's not true. Unfortunately, that has happened, hasn't it? You know, many young women have had themselves mutilated Mm. because they felt exactly what you've just said, Ryan, that uh, their parents' mother had it. And uh, therefore, if I have my breast removed now, then at least I'll be safe from breast cancer, you know, and that has happened. So tragic. Yeah, it's very Mm. tragic. Um, And they have, there's a new study out, uh, or I guess, I don't know if I sent you this, Don. Uh, it says, and this is just par for the course, just really quick, a great example. They're now saying this was Insider, Yahoo News, some other news outlets. They're saying COVID infections have left thousands of people with acid reflux, yep. constipation and stomach issues. It's like those things weren't around before COVID-19. Those are just normal <laughs> conditions people suffer with all the time. But now they're exactly. because of the yeah, virus. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you did. You did send that um, article. And, and as you say, it's. 
Uh, it, it's blaming all sorts of, uh, well, it's, it's blaming almost every kind of uh, symptom that people can have, all sorts of conditions, and it's all being blamed on, you know, COVID. So, again, it's nothing to do with anything else and, and nothing to do with, you know, what you eat or, or your stress levels or what those kinds of things. And, of course, everyone's, um, well, practically everyone's been sort of living under a, 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 a ramped up level of, of stress and fear. Well, fear you know, and, and therefore stress. So, you know, it's not surprising that, you know, digestive issues um, are happening. And, um, you know, I mean, well, we can go into that as well. But, you know, the idea that uh, even things like, you know, vomiting and diarrhea can be caused by any sort know, of toxic any, any intake, kind of, well, yeah. any kind of germ is, is not not good. We have to take a quick break here. We'll come back and yeah. we'll we'll go back into the subject matter right let's right where we left off we'll talk about the acid reflux and all that and i also wanted to ask you about uh your comments on fungus earlier because you know we have the cordyceps ant fungus they call it that takes over the bodies of ants so i wanted to talk yep. with you a little bit about the fungus and uh yep. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll see where the conversation goes from there don lester and david parker very quickly can you tell us where listeners can find the book well, the, the easiest place is um, Amazon, but if uh, people go to our website at www.whatreallymakesyouill.com, uh, 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 they can find out lots of information about us there. But any good online bookstore will have a book. And of course, always all books end up on Amazon, so they can go straight there if they wish. All right, excellent. What Really Makes You Ill? Don Lester and David Parker, two of my favorite guests, good friends of mine. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. We'll all be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, the Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages my digital books and more for those of you who already have a secret teaching subscription you can still keep that subscription just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today I need- 
This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. And Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl up to the fall of back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. You are listening to the secret teachings radio. If you'd like to contact the show, email rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. You can find The Secret Teachings on Twitter at tst underscore underscore radio and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings or my personal page, Ryan Gable. You can go to our website, thesecretteachings.info. You'll find my books like The Technological Elixir, which has a huge chapter on what we are discussing tonight with our guests. Don Lester and David Parker, authors of What Really Makes You Ill. One of my favorite books. It's on the top shelf. I've already read it, but I'm probably going to be rereading it because I learned a lot in that book. Uh, It's a huge book. Lots of information. Ten years of research, I think, they put into this thing. And it is is mind-blowing because they're quoting and referencing uh, pretty much the same official sources like the World Health Organization, etc., that we take to be providing us with the word of God. And it's almost as if mainstream medicine, mainstream science, etc. We really could call it scientism or medicinism, if you will. It's cult-like. It's the idea that we are sinful, we are dirty, and that a savior can provide us with absolution for our sins, whether that's a vaccine or a virus um, uh, that they've, this is a new thing I've, I've been reading about, a virus that they found, so they're going to genetically engineer the virus to, to make it not, you know, deadly. They, they, all, they always have a, a, a way of making us safe, right? It's a vaccine. It's a, a genetically engineered thing that makes us healthy instead of making us sick, like the idea in the movie I Am Legend. They engineered, a, supposedly engineered a virus to help people instead of hurt people. And there's always something that we can do to tamper with the natural world because, Ultimately, at the core of this scientism is the the idea that we can take the imperfect creation of God, creator, call it whatever you will, and since God messed up, God made a mistake, we can fix that mistake, even though by that same idea we are imperfect uh, creations, but we can we can make the world more perfect. We can replace the organic world with a synthetic world, and there's so much more to this than just computer viruses and gain-of-function research, which Pfizer says is actually done on a computer. So it's actually a computer lab leak, if you will. It's not really a lab leak. Uh, The lab leak theory of SARS-CoV-2 and the mainstream theory of it just 
I guess, appearing out of nowhere or being from some bat soup or something to that effect. Uh, these were both ideas that were presented at the very beginning. The mainstream and alternative took off with them. And now the alternative feels vindicated because our Congress in the United States has said, we have emails, we have documents, Fauci uh, and Collins, the NIH, Dr. Fauci said uh, that he wanted to suppress this story of the lab leak. And then over time, he's sort of said, yeah, maybe it did come from a lab. And now that's sort of mainstream news. And the main mainstream media is saying what the alternative media said. And everybody sort of benefits from this. Everybody sort of makes makes money from this. They get, you know, in, in terms of radio and, and, and people that are on social media, you get a lot of followers, a lot of hits, a lot of clicks. What you don't get a lot of clicks and followers for, what you don't get a lot of attention for, and I'm not complaining because I get a lot of that for everything else I do, but when I cover the subject of, well, a virus probably doesn't cause a disease, you know, for most people, that's an outrageous statement. The algorithms don't like that. So the algorithms will allow everything else to spread except for real questions. And for me, at least, I think uh, that no, that lets me know that I'm over the target. And it's not just me, of course. I, I know probably a fraction of what Don and David know, especially if you read their book. They, they've got so much information in there. But I just ask questions. And I think even as a listener, if you've never read their book or you've never heard of the idea that germ theory is just a theory, it's in the name, uh, that you don't really have to be a genius. You don't have to have you know studied this forever. It's just very basic questions. Can I see some proof? Uh, are these studies based on assumptions? Uh, you know, what are they looking at under a microscope? Does the virus exist? Yeah, there's something there, but does that cause disease? These are logical, almost philosophical questions uh, that can take us out of the mindset of this theological-like cult. And that's my intention here on The Secret Teachings. That's what I intend to do Monday through Friday for any topic, any guest, but especially when we talk with uh, Don Lester and David Parker. So Don and David, we were discussing the idea that acid reflux and pretty much every other condition that we have as a result of uh, poor lifestyle decisions, etc., stress, worry, things like that. Uh, apparently, according to science, these things are caused by SARS-CoV-2. So if we could maybe recap that quickly, and then Don had mentioned fungus earlier, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what fungus can do because there's the cordyceps fungus that turns ants into zombies famously, and of course the Last of Us TV show based on the video game is out now. Uh, and that's a big thing in popular culture. So let's kind of recap the uh, everyday conditions that are blamed on a virus, and then we'll talk about the fungus. Yes, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, I know people joked uh, some time ago that uh, ever since COVID supposedly came on the scene, uh, flu completely disappeared. You know, so even, even the sort of uh, normal flu seasons, which is obviously nonsense as well. But, uh, um, and so as soon as so-called COVID became the flavor of the day, shall we say, then uh, every symptom that uh, known to mankind got blamed on it, you know, and people took it on into their lives to such an extent, it almost became a badge of honor. You know, I've had COVID twice. I've heard people say only to be trumped by someone who said, yeah, well, I've had it three times. And I've had four and so boosters. Uh, and you just think, I, I can't believe what I'm hearing. And, and to beat it all, of course, um, when these people are asked, well, have you have you had any jabs? And they'll say, oh, yes, you know, I've had three and a booster. <laughs> and you just think, and you've had COVID three times as well. Um, so it, it is 
it is stupidity beyond belief. But yes, to, to where we started with acid reflux, constipation, diarrhea, all of these different things are very common uh, based on lifestyle. And I was just reading one of the, it was a Yahoo article where um, one of the people saying that um, he'd been suffering from these uh, symptoms, which he's blaming on COVID, and um, it's prevented him from and I'm quoting, prevented him from eating his favourite foods and drinks, which consisted of pizza, beer, coffee and chocolate. <laughs> so you think, well, come on, my friend, you know, <laughs> that does not constitute a health, healthy diet. I'm not surprised that you're suffering from uh, acid reflux and constipation and diarrhoea occasionally. Um, but And this is it. <laughs> so... You know, you have to sort of dismiss these things where people are just not really paying attention. They're not paying attention to any facts and it's just hearsay and assumptions uh, in the same way that the medical establishment is just all based on assumptions, not based on actual facts and uh, certainly not using the scientific me method in any shape or form. Uh, and all as Dawn and I and anyone else who is taking this seriously, like yourself, have ever asked is, well, if these are the statements you're going to make, please can you show us some proof, you know? Uh, not, not an unreasonable request, but we've even had people who should know better, uh, a particular doctor who was working with uh, Reiner Fulmin, in actual fact, was turning that round when we were asking, and people like us, like Andy Kaufman, were asking, well, can you prove that uh, this pathogenic virus exists? He was turning it around and saying, well, you, you have got to prove that it doesn't. You know, you've got to prove the proof is on you, which is, of course, nonsense. I mean, you know, again, looking at science, whoever puts forward a theory, the onus is on them, the burden of proof is on them to prove their theory. It's not on, otherwise, as I've pointed out, I could say, well, I'm going to put forward the theory that there's a chocolate teapot orbiting Saturn, and you've got to believe it unless you can prove it's not true. Mm. Utter nonsense, of course. But basically, that's what they're doing when they say, we have got to prove that viruses don't exist. Uh, they just do not seem to see, no, it's you. You're the one claiming that they do and that they're pathogens and therefore the burden of proof is on you, Mr. Virologist, uh, to prove that that is true and they've never been able to do it in the last 70 years. So uh, uh, I think that, that really is all we need to know. Um, hey, before we get into the fungus, David and uh, Don, I know you wanted to talk about the fungus. You had done yeah. uh, a paper on it recently, I think you said. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about, before I forget this, uh, Dr. McCulloch, I think is how you pronounce his name, he's been selling, this This kind of baffled me, he's been, I think, literally like selling, he's actually got products where he's telling people that if they take the products, it will actually erase, I don't know the exact word, but he like erase or help eliminate uh, the spike protein from your body. Uh, I just right. have you heard that? What do you think about that? That just... yes, well, I mean this is this all... is another one of those fallacies. You know, lots of people who ought to know better talk about this spike protein. Uh, protein um, again, it's uh, a fiction. You know what people are looking at and, under microscopes, where they see uh, a protein which takes on this appearance when it's decaying, when it's dying, when it's falling apart, and when it's been poisoned, 
and it gets these sort of ragged edges, which they're calling the spike protein. It's it's not an infectious agent, has never been proved to be so. Um, and people like the doctor you've just mentioned really ought to know better than going down that avenue. But of course, if he's selling a product and people have already been uh, brainwashed into believing there is such a thing as this spike protein, um, then of course he's uh, he's in the money, isn't he? And when that and, uh, so so he's he's selling it because he says when you get the if you get a vaccine, this will help clear out all the negative things that are in the vaccine, which I find to be as I mean I'm not saying vaccines are good. I think they're extremely dangerous and deadly, and they can certainly I would think manipulate your your genetics with this new technology, the mRNA technology. But to suggest that you can just eliminate all of it with this new product, it's the same line that Pfizer pitches you. It's just coming from the alternative media. Uh, yes. I mean, the, the other thing, of course, is that it, it does keep the, the virus lie uh, alive. Yes. Um, because obviously it's based on the spike protein. The spike protein is based on the, um, uh, you know, the existence of this thing called a virus. Um, I mean, Obviously, there are many people who are trying to do what they can to help people who have um, been vaccinated to remove the toxic materials from their bodies. And I, I believe there are some people who are um, providing some useful solutions for ways of, you know, for people to detox. Um, now, whether his product is useful or not in uh, helping people's um recover their health because because of detox other detox mechanisms i don't know but saying it's because of the spike protein because the whole theory or is that the um the the cells uh, sort of replicate this spike protein and that's what's dangerous um no there are plenty of other products in these vaccinations or, or i mean they're not even vaccines um you know these shots these jabs um that, that are that are toxic so they are causing problems in people's bodies but it's it's disingenuous to say that what he's doing is helping remove the spike protein um because that's you know that's the wrong well that that's misleading because there is no spike protein and if he's if if it's helping people detox that's a different matter but the fact that he's saying it in the wrong way suggests well well just creates questions and and i'd, I'd suggest people look into that yeah. carefully before they they proceed before they spend any money that's for sure well, yeah. because uh, as dawn has said if he's uh, putting it forward on the basis of uh, getting rid of the spy protein then it's uh, he's either lying or he's not done his homework properly yeah there's a mis uh, misrepresentation or a misunderstanding yeah. Here. Yeah. So here's yeah. what here's what it says. I've actually found the uh, the product. It's called I'll spell this for you. N A T T O K I N A S E. And he's pushing this. And in fact, Mike Adams, who I, I used to like Mike Adams. I'm not sure what happened to Mike Adams. But Mike Adams pushed this on his mm -hmm. website, too, uh, just a few days ago. Actually, it says and I don't know how to pronounce the name of this NATO kinase uh, detoxifies covid spike proteins from body. And this is what Macaulay is selling. Just for anybody who wants to, to look that up and, and do some research on that. Um, Have you guys yeah. heard of that? Uh, uh, no, I, I've just looked it up. I mean, it actually says that it's an enzyme that comes from a Japanese food called natto. Or that's a natto, N-A-T-T-O. Uh, it's an enzyme. The, the, the other thing, of course, is that if it's just, if you like, a, an enzyme, um, it's taking 
one part of something from nature. And, um, you know, from our research, we are, are pretty sure that very few of these individual um, components are useful on their own. They almost always require uh, a whole other series of components, which is which is found in nature, which are found in nature. So that's why you can't. Together. That's why you can't just supplement. You know, each exactly. individual vitamins or something. In fact, I yes. read. Um, those are. I don't know if you guys know uh, Doctor Michael Greger. Have you ever heard of him, lifestyle yes. medicine doctor? Yes. He. I love his books because he talks about it. He documents everything very intensely. Like he's got thousands of references to. Uh, to what what he says, what he claims, and then there's a reference to yes. it, but believe it or not. So he was, um, in his most recent book, he was talking about how the entirety of the supplement industry is like 75, 80% of almost every supplement you buy either doesn't contain what it says it contains, or it's just completely synthetic and manufactured. So, I mean, that, yes. that's on top yeah. of individual supplements, even if they're pure and clean, as some say, uh, still don't have the effect because they have to be taken with other things. That's why you need like a whole foods plant-based diet. If you're eating plant-based, a whole foods diet, you need to eat all the food, not just individual vitamins uh, while you eat yeah. your pizza. Exactly. exactly, yeah. Or drink <laughs> well, your beer, yeah. Yes, but I mean, you know, if you're eating tomatoes, you're not just eating vitamin C, which, I mean, that's a whole other question. But I mean, there's so much more within, uh, you know, a tomato um, and it's highly likely that most of those components are, aren't even known. Have and again, the way they're isolated brings the whole um, idea of these sort of uh, supplements under question as well. Because some of the processes, um, again, they're, they're questionable in the same way that the uh, so-called virology isolation um, techniques and, and experiments work. So, you know, it, it, I mean. I, I know there are some supplements that are um, food based, and again, if they're sort of they've got whole foods, then you know it's, it's more complete. Um, that's a different matter. I'm, I'm not saying all supplements are wrong. I'm saying that Agreed. people need to really do their homework, <laughs> really look at things, and and certainly if they're sim- sim- synthetic chemicals, um, you have to kind of raise questions about whether the body will assimilate those. Um, synthetic substances because you know even though something may be chemically uh, similar or, or identical or whatever but that doesn't mean to say that they are the same um, biologically when you know the, the body will recognize something that's um, uh, if you like n- not a living kind of um, something that's living whereas you know when you eat a food it's living whereas a synthetic chemical it doesn't have the same uh, features it, it might be chemically the same, but it may not be biologically active in the same way. Yes, I can't. But the body can't assimilate inorganic things. It can only assimilate organic ones. That's why plants are the best things. You know, they can take up from the soils in our inorganic compounds, minerals and things, and change them into organic in their own systems. And then we eat the plants and can then the body can assimilate the organic uh, minerals and vitamins that the plant has produced, you know. So that's why that uh, plant-based diet like that works. And that's why the best way to get your uh, nutrients is through healthy food. 
And um, and if you want to increase your intake of nutrients, is to uh, juice. You know, to, so you want if you want to make a vegetable juice or a fruit juice, and uh, if you do need to increase it, do it in a natural way rather than taking artificially produced uh, supplements. Many of which are produced by the pharmaceutical companies, of course. <laughs> so, yes, you know, you're, yes. you're feeding, you're feeding Feed, the machine, you know. Feeding which, the boost, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys... I, I've just had something on natokinase, which actually there's a... There's an article, it's a, um, an NIH, you know, a, a PubMed article, uh-huh. uh, dated 2017, saying that it's um, this natokinase, if that's how you pronounce it, sorry if I'm butchering it, a potent blood clot dissolving protein used for the treatment of cardiovascular diseases. So that's interesting. Yeah, I think it would be, I didn't realize the first part was Japanese, it would be not to. Natto, and then I don't know what kinase is, but yeah, natto kinase. Oh, I, I think kinase is, is a sort of usual term for like enzymes. Okay. It's, it's, okay. it's a kind of standard. So like um, natto enzyme, something like that. Natto. Yes, yes. Okay. So, okay. Thank you. Thank you for the correct pronunciation. Natto. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm studying a little bit of Japanese, so that's, that's the only reason Ooh. I know that. Um, let me ask you, yeah, let me ask you guys what you think, just out of pure curiosity for me. Uh, what, what do you think of Dr. Michael Greger? Um, well, I, 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 I thought he was interesting because, I mean, you know, he does promote um, sort of, you know, plant-based. Uh, I, I was extremely disappointed, unfortunately, when I saw him roll up his sleeve. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, he did. Out. He did get the vaccine. He kind of promoted that mm-hmm. on his website. I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and again, it's, you know, it, it is such a shame when, uh, you know, people who are, you know, promoting healthy diets as opposed to, um, you know, toxic pharmaceuticals, and then they go along with that part of the agenda. I, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if he's looked into it, not looked into it. I, I just, there seem to be so many people who are following the mainstream narrative, who I would have thought would have been more open, open-minded, yeah. shall we say. You yeah. Know. Well, okay. this, is, this is why we advise people to be careful where you get your information from, you know, not to single source, check, check mm. the evidence. You have to check the evidence because particularly in this day and age, it is so easy to be led astray uh, because there are many people out there and this is putting the mainstream media aside because that's all they ever do is lead people astray. Um, but so much of it in the alternative media, which is, uh, be, has been infiltrated, and mm. that's not a conspiracy theory. No. It has been infiltrated by people whose intent is to confuse and mislead. Oh, yeah. So people have to be careful where they get their information from. Everything from, I mean, you talk about alternative media, that could mean a lot of things, but everything from ufology, which is probably, in, in my line of work, one of the most infiltrated or the one of the most uh, misrepresented, misunderstood, uh, most corrupted, etc., uh, from that, yeah. from that to uh, alternative, let's say alternative health. Uh, there's so much corruption, and a lot of it's just based. We don't need to talk about this in detail, but a lot of this is based on uh, misunderstandings of words, uh, and especially in like New Ageism, which ha- kind of has this connection with ufology and things like alternative health and vibrations and crystals. Uh, there's there's a lot of misunderstanding about what certain words mean. So a lot of people will use words that have uh, almost uh, 
uh, too much of a punch to them. Uh, just totally unrelated. But we talked to a lady about a week and a half ago. She was talking about ascension. I don't know if you guys ever heard about this. And I said, it kind of sounds like uh, the rapture kind of sounds like another kind of religious rapture. Mm. And then mm-hmm. I said, can you explain what ascension is? Because I get so tired, like I'm really angry. I, I can't stand that word. I hear it so much and it discredits mm. discredits a lot of the work that I do. So I said, what is it? And she said, well, it's more like spiritual development, like kind of overcoming, overriding your ego. And I said, oh, so that's basically like the secret teachings or the mystery schools in Egypt and Rome. You overcome the ego and you kind of be resurrected or born again in, in the uh, the dramas they would play out in the temples. I said, that makes a lot of sense. Like, why don't you just say that instead of ascension? Because this word. So my point is, this is the kind of thing that happens with alternative health as well. It's just really easy to say, oh, if you don't want to get a, a, a vaccine, then uh, you, you could still be, you know, shed on by people who did get a vaccine. So buy this product and that'll get rid of that. And it's just mm-hmm. it's all just seemingly too easy to have so much faith in uh, even alternative authorities and not have to take responsibility for yourself uh, or for really for anything that you do or for anything that you think. So anyway, that's I'm kind of digressing from the point. But I wanted to talk about fungus. Don Lester, David Parker, our guests tonight, authors of What Really Makes You Ill. Don, you said you had written uh, a, a substack. I'm not sure what that is, a paper or something recently on the fungus. Uh, oh, right. No, sub, substack is a, um, a website where, you know, people post articles and, you know, sort of share things around. It just seems to be another platform where, okay. um, you know, it, it's, it's sort of like the writer's YouTube or whatever, because there is a, you know, a... Um, it gets. It's not just for alternative ideas. So you know, there's a possibility of getting to some people who may not have come across this information um, before, or you know, maybe open-minded, or maybe curious, or maybe confused, and you know, they come across the, you know this work, which shows you know, which is you know, our usual sort of story of putting out the information to say there is no evidence um, and. This there were two articles because I mean there was just so much information, but I covered because um, uh, there's so much on bird flu, on on stomach flu, which is supposed to be uh, norovirus, and on uh, again they're sort of pumping out stuff on syphilis, and on Marburg and on cholera. So it was, it was like um, you know sort of exposing the lies, but at the same time trying to give some information about what could behind what could be behind these so-called outbreaks of real illness um, in, in these various places. But the thing with the fungus, because, um, I mean, there's been so much information about viruses and the, the little bit about bacteria, sort of, again, you know, because we say bacteria have never been proven to be the cause of disease, which is why, um, you know, the um, uh, the sort of sections on, on cholera and syphilis. I mean, we do go into detail about bacteria and how there's no evidence uh, in the book, you know, in, in some depth and cover a number of um, so-called bacterial diseases. But of course, because um, the label germ covers um, viruses, bacteria, parasites and fungi. And, and again, here we've got a, a so-called, well, actually it is a par- parasitic fungus. I mean, it, it is, this cordyceps is a, is a true parasite um and it's um it zombifies ants and spiders correct 
uh, well, I, from what I I found, I thought it was only ants uh, because that was that was in one of David Attenborough. I mean, somebody I used to really like watching, but not anymore. Um, uh, but he, from one of his um, Planet Earth um, episodes, where he was showing how this fungus, you know, um, attaches itself and then parasitizes ants. So you know, the the whole way that this was put out because there was a the last of us um there was a video game that's turned into a series as you say uh, about you know the parasitic fungus um and so the whole um no where am i sorry in the wrong place uh, there was an article um that said uh, the last of us could a fungal pandemic turn us all into zombies um so again it's this usual um hyperbole in the, in the, the way these reports you know they sort of um, you know, the, the titles of these, you know, the headings, headlines, that's the word I was looking for. Um, so it starts with, let me introduce you to something truly horrifying, the fungus that turns its victims into zombies. Um, the whole idea is, because uh, that was what happened with The Last of Us, uh, that these, that this fungus, you know, actually parasitizes humans and turns them into zombies. Um so, you know, it is, it is, you know, turning everything to science fiction, but also to get people scared of yet another so-called, you know, in, invisible enemy, because of course, you know, the fungus, fungal spores, you know, you can't see them. Um, but when you start looking at, um, uh, you know, what fungi are, I mean, yes, fungus is real, um, but one of the, you know, there are fungi and, you know, people talk about fungal infections. Well, again, that's a misunderstanding because the fungus, uh, as as in nature, um, you know, you get fungus when the conditions are right for a fungus to come in and then break down and get rid of the actual toxic or the dead matter. So, you know, out, out in out in nature, you know, you'll get fungi over a dead tree because it's breaking it down, you know, because if we didn't have bacteria and fungi breaking everything down, then we'd be miles high in, in rubbish, um, you know, <laughs> the, uh, you know, we just, uh, that's, that's how nature works. Um, but the interesting thing is that, uh, you know, once you start actually looking into things properly, uh, the this this article says you know that the the fungus doesn't kill all of the ants in the colony, um, so and it says for ecosystems to stay balanced, fungi have to keep host populations in check. In fact, only a few ants in a colony are infected at any given time. So at which point you have to say, well, if uh, cordyceps um, are happy to just only um, um, sort of parasitize a few ants in a colony. Why do they need to even think about parasitizing humans? Um, you know, because it's just, you know, there are plenty of ants. They don't, you know, it's not like they've parasitized the entire colony and there are no ants left. So it's, but, it, but it, I mean, it's extrapolating things to an absolutely ridiculous extent. But of course, it is supporting the fear narrative. Yes. Whenever I- you get fungus, as Dawn has just said, it's, it's there doing a job in the same way that uh, back does in the body you know with getting rid of dead and dying tissue well fungi does the same thing so uh, uh, if certain ants were observed with a fungus grain on them there was probably some uh, invariably something wrong with them and they were probably dying and the fungus yes. was yes. breaking the body down that's a really really good point and, and I, you know I have a soft spot for that TV show because I grew up I played that video game that was one of my favorite video games but I don't believe that that's going to happen. 
Uh, I'm not sure anybody I know who plays that game or watches the show believes it's going to happen. But nevertheless, when I watched the first episode, I actually have the opening scene here. It's like three minutes long. I'd like to play it for you because as I was watching it, I remember my fiance Hope and I, we watched it together and it just had that weird COVID-like feel to it. It was certainly the, the show was inspired by what has happened in the last three years. So if you don't mind, I want to play that little piece and then we can go mm-hmm. on talking about the fungus. Is that cool with you guys? Yes, it's fine. It's, as I say, because there, there is another point that I'd, I'd like to add um, to that. So if we can come back to come back to that. Of, so, yeah, of course, um, to, to show of what might, you know, again, what they're playing at. I mean, because as always with these stories, there's never just one aspect they're, they're always, you know, a number of different aspects. You know, it's not just one one part of a narrative. It's, it's there's lots of aspects to it. Yes, absolutely. And of course, art is uh, is mimicking reality. Reality is mimicking art. And a lot of times reality is, uh, well, as we've talked about tonight, a lot of assumptions. So let me go ahead and play that. This is the opening scene from The Last of Us uh, season one, episode one. And this is, of course, a transformative work. And so here is the intro. Yes, any kind of virus, but most probably something similar to influenza. Because of air travel. Through the air. Coughing. Uh, I'm sorry, I meant people on planes. Uh, that was something you described in your book. Yes, a new virus in Madagascar, say, could be in Chicago within a matter of weeks. And we end up with a global pandemic. Pan meaning all, the whole world becomes sick all at once. Hmm. And uh, Dr. Newman, you're also an epidemiologist. I presume the prospect of a viral pandemic keeps you up at night as well. No. No? No. All right, well, that's our show. (laughs) (laughs) No, mankind has been at war with the virus from the start. Sometimes millions of people die as in an actual war, but in the end, we always win. Uh, But uh, just to be clear, you, you do think microorganisms pose a threat? Oh, in the most dire terms. Bacteria? No. You like saying no? Yes. (laughs) Not bacteria, not viruses, so... Fungus. Yes, that's the usual response. Fungi seem harmless enough. Many species know otherwise, because there are some fungi who seek not to kill, but to control. Let me ask you, where do we get LSD from? Where do you get it from? (laughs) It comes from ergot, a fungus. Psilocybin? Also a fungus. Viruses can make us ill, but fungi can alter our very minds. There's a fungus that infects insects, gets inside an ant, for example, travels through its circulatory system to the ant's brain and then floods it with hallucinogens, thus bending the ant's mind to its will. Fungus starts to direct the ant's behavior, telling it where to go, what to do, like a puppeteer with a marionette. And it gets worse. The fungus needs food to live, so it begins to devour its host from within, replacing the ant's flesh with its own. But it doesn't let its victim die, no. It it keeps its puppet alive by preventing decomposition. How? Where do we get penicillin from? Fungus. (laughs) Dr. Schoenheist, you're in distress. Fungal infection of this kind is real, but not in humans. True, fungi cannot survive if its host's internal temperature is over 94 degrees. And currently, there are no reasons for fungi to evolve to be able to withstand higher temperatures. But what if that were to change? What if, for instance, the world were to get slightly warmer? Well, now, there is reason to evolve. One gene mutates, and an ascomycetia, candida, ergot, cordyceps, aspergillus, any one of them could become capable of borrowing into our brains and taking control, not of millions of us, but billions of us. 
Billions of puppets with poisoned minds permanently fixed on one unifying goal, to spread the infection to every last human alive by any means necessary. And there are no treatments for this, no preventatives, no cures. They don't exist. It's not even possible to make them. So if that happens, we lose. So Don Lester, David Parker, our guests this evening, that's the, that's the intro to The Last of Us. Uh, I think the analogy is that the fungus is really uh, the psychologists and the doctors and the people that want us to do what they tell us to do when they tell us to do it. They're the ones that have control over people's minds. But what do you guys think about that? Oh, well, I, I hadn't heard that before, but uh, I'll, it's actually quite uh, appropriate, which is the, the point I was going to make. But I'll, I'll come in after David said, yeah. No, I, I, was, I was just, uh, I mean, it's the first time I've heard that because uh, I've, I've never played the game or even knew anything about it. But um, uh, I mean, as you go through there, it's a lot of what ifs and maybes and, uh, you know, the, the whole thing is based on what ifs and maybes, you know, which of course is the whole thing that uh, the COVID and all of these other diseases is based on. None of it's based on science. None of it's based on actual facts. And uh, so that's really that little story there is a prime example of that. And he said you the, know, the world getting warmer. So there's the climate change, global warming angle yeah, that is put in there. Which, of course, is what we said earlier is when you talk to the real sort of climatologists, um, they'll tell us that the world is actually getting colder. So therefore, we don't need to worry about this <laughs> fungus, do we? Uh, I mean, it is all it is all just fiction. It is all just a farce. And it is all playing onto the uh, psychology of humans to um, be easily made afraid and then manipulated. Uh, and as you say, really, the, the people doing this, they're the real fungus, they're the real uh, problem, they're the real germ, if you like. Um, but uh, what I wanted to pick up with literally is what you just said about the warming, because that was um, something I, I discovered with this um it was you know the whole idea that a parasitic fungus could evolve to control humans i mean um uh, well yeah i mean fungi have been around for a very long time and um there aren't many that are parasitic as far as i'm aware and and i'd sort of question the the way they were suggesting that they control these insects but that's another matter but in that article, it said this uh, that one sentence, which is, there is one fungal species capable infect of infecting people that scientists think may have resulted from warming temperatures. Mm. So this is the Candida auris, if that's the right way to pronounce it. So, uh, and again, so, you know, I was making the comp um, comment that, you know, the trend is moving towards cooling rather than warming. But what they're, but the um, the CDC has a page about Candida auris, and um, in December 2022, so I mean that's only a few months ago, they were saying Candida auris is an emerging fungus that presents a serious global health threat. So again, they're ramping something up, but it's but these apparent these alleged infections are treatable. So here we go, antifungal drugs called, uh, and I'm not even going to try so. Echinocandins. So again, but it's you know, is this they're just trying to 
kill the pathogens that they're trying to kill the fungus all of these things so antifungal drugs just like antibiotics what was what is particularly interesting is that in this cdc on the cdc webpage they're saying that the um, these infections have been resistant to all three main classes of antifungal medications making them more difficult to treat well the reason they're difficult to treat is because they're doing the wrong thing because they don't understand how the body works but again like with antibiotics and bacteria it's you know it's just the same it's the same old same old they're trying to well they're doing the wrong thing because they're starting from the wrong place starting from the wrong um understanding and all they're trying to do is just you know kill the so-called baddie in the body and they're poisoning the body at the same time so they're actually worsening the condition in the body um which is why people are not getting better because they're being more poisoned and so the body requires more bacteria and fungi to be able to clear the dead and dying tissue that has been um, killed or destroyed because of these toxic your body wants to heal your body wants to heal too yes definitely and and that's what symptoms are and and that's what all these so-called um, medications or uh, pharmaceuticals are designed to stop the symptoms on the basis that stopping symptoms means that the, the disease has been conquered, but that's the completely wrong thing because the symptoms are actually the signs of, of healing. As you said, you know, that's that, that they are the healing mechanisms, you know, the symptoms. So they should not be stopped. They should not be repressed, suppressed um, in any way, shape or form. And of course, you know, um, but, you know, we have fungi in our bodies naturally or, you know, they, they are part of it. They're not an infection. They're not a, something that has attacked our body. And again, that's where, you know, this, this fear mongering is that, that there are these invisible enemies out there that can attack us. And therefore, we have to give our power away to these others, these other entities uh, who will protect us and look after us when they're doing nothing of the sort they're doing the complete opposite you know what i think that there's a good analogy there between if you i don't know you guys obviously didn't play the video game you said but if you play the video game and i think probably in the show too they talk about it but uh they had you know they had bombed uh some of the cities there in boston i think they dropped a bomb to try to kill the infected and of course if you watch the uh the famous tv show the walking dead that's how the first season begins they bring the military in and they just lay uh, a whole bunch of bombs down on i think it was atlanta they bombed Atlanta to try to kill the infected. And that's kind of how we treat the body. You know, we think, oh, there's these infected things, things that have infected us. Let's just bomb everything. If we just blow everything in the body up, we'll kill the bad guys. But that, that, that doesn't even work in the zombie movies. They don't ever kill all the zombies. They just destroy the, the city and they kill a bunch of civilians and then the zombies are still roaming free. And that basically, I think, is what happens in the body, too. It's a good analogy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole method there do with uh, chemotherapy isn't it you know their idea is that uh, they can poison the cancer and kill the cancer before they kill the person but they they fail every time and um, (laughs) you can't almost every time yes the majority you know they certainly do not have the 50% success rate that they tell us I I know that from personal experiences within my family so um, you know, but this is—it's all this uh, misconceptions, untruths, assumptions, which the whole of the medical system is based on. It's not based on science. They tell us it is, but it's not. And 
it was referred to once as the Church of Modern Medicine, and that was by a doctor. Um, and that's a fairly good analogy because it's all based on, it's all, almost, as you said, cult-like. Um, it's uh, based on edicts which are pass, passed down from a, uh, an elitist priesthood, you know, the, the surgeons. and Exactly the, uh, what it is. Yeah, they're priests with their coats and their little instruments. Yeah. Rituals uh, and, and their rituals, you know, and what they're told is true uh, without actually finding out if it is. So it's, uh, and unfortunately, those uh, have dire consequences. And uh, literally, millions of people have been dying every year around the world because of this um, the cult of modern medicine. There's actually a good analogy there, too. I mean, the, the Aztecs performed human sacrifices, uh, I don't think, for the entirety of the time that they were an empire, if we can, I think we can call the Aztecs an empire, uh, but they certainly practiced human sacrifices and they would rip people's hearts out. The priestly class would rip people's hearts out and they would show them to the public. Uh, you know, we see in paintings and, and depictions. And the whole idea was based on the priests had a slightly better understanding of how nature worked. They were the scientists. They were the people behind the scenes controlling the kings, etc. Not just in the Aztec uh, empire, but in Egypt, the pharaohs, etc. And so they had a better understanding of how science, maybe even, you know, the, the movement of the stars and the planets. So they knew if there was going to be an eclipse, they knew when the equinoxes and the solstices were, et cetera. So they used that to control the population, to control the public. They used science to control people's minds, people that were not literate, people that did not understand how things worked. On average, we can largely assume we can, I think, uh, in a healthy way, we can assume we, we didn't live in those times, but we can assume from what we've read and what we, what we think we know, I guess you could say. Uh, but they would rip the people's hearts out. And I can't help but think that this scientific priestly class who terrified the public in virtually every culture throughout human history and literally cut people's hearts out to sacrifice them to the gods so that nature would do what they wanted it to do or the people would do what they wanted it to do. I can't help but think that that's really similar to, I don't know, myocarditis or pericarditis. Do what the priests want you to do. Get the injection. And then your heart swells up and, and you die. <laughs> it's There's a very weird parallel there. Mm, that's in, that's interesting. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. Um, again, all based on misinformation, misconceptions, and fear. Uh, Lots of fear. Fear and fear, yeah. and oh, yes. and of course, from the priesthoods, the desire to control, and uh, of course, that's really what it uh, all boils down to. And we we have exactly the same now, where as we said right at the beginning of this conversation where we have right from the WHO down through the various governments of the world is to keep their population under control by fear. And uh, it's they've done it for thousands of years, you know, not the WHO, of course, they've not been around that long, but um, successive governments, kings, princes, whatever they are, they've uh, used, and the military, their military is the sort of uh, attack dogs, you know, so that if they can't frighten the public enough with the lies they put out, the propaganda, then they can send in their attack dogs to uh, beat the populace up and kill a few people and uh, terrify them and terrorize them even more. And really, one way or another, that's been going on for thousands of years. We have it now with the uh, as the police forces and segments of the police forces become even more and more militarized and covered in body armor with automatic weapons. You know, we even have it in the UK. But we now have uh, an armed units attached to the police who can be called in at any time. And they are just the same, full body armor, masked up, with 
high-powered automatic weapons, and uh, they're just eager to shoot someone at any opportunity. Uh, maybe so we're again, yeah. Maybe we're, we're the virus. I, I think to the people that are in control of the big corporations and in government. I'm not saying every corporation is bad. I'm not saying every government official is bad by any means, or even doctors for that matter, or scientists. But generally speaking, there are certainly eugenicists. There are Malthusian psychopaths, crazy people, uh, nut jobs. And I think based on everything we've we've learned, at least in the last three years, we as humans from SARS-CoV-2 to CO2, we're the virus, we're the pollution. Mm. That's how they see us, apparently. Mm. Mm. And, and, you know, I mean, it, it, even this nonsense of um, whatever this member of the House of Lords who's saying that anti-vaxxers are a global menace. I, I mean, the, these... Um, some of these stories are designed simply to keep the sort of divide and conquer so that, you know, we've got all these different factions where this one's are, you know, different um, sides of different stories. So you get, you know, anti-vaxxers sort of, um, we just, you know, the whole title of anti-vaxxers, but, you know, the people who believe in this, people who don't believe in that. And these are just so many different ways of, of keeping us divided because obviously um, as soon as we realize we have more similarities than differences we will actually come together and then we'll realize that you know there are more of us than there are of them and that's what they don't want us to know so they want to keep us separated and, and arguing amongst ourselves and infighting and and therefore we're not gi giving them any attention and what they're doing and that's why it's so important not to just keep focusing on these differences put information out and to try and um employ employ critical thinking we yes need, people and, need to employ critical thinking yes and also show people that you know that they are being made to fear unnecessarily so if you remove the fear you take away more of the you take away most of the confusion well hopefully and then people are able to think critically but while they're in the state of fear they they are confused and they will stay confused and infighting and it's well is it a lab leak is it a is it a this is it a that i mean is are, are the vaccines safe are there this is you know is it snake venom is it um you know is it spike proteins or what is it it, it just so many different stories and it, it 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 can be confusing i think it was interesting i came across uh, a quote of uh, from old man rockefeller you know the original snake oil salesman hmm. and because uh, i was just mentioning about critical thinking and uh, he's quoted as saying that uh, what he requires are workers not thinkers and i think that says it all mm -hmm. so it's it's due to we're duty bound to uh, overturn that by becoming thinkers you know that's what they fear these people uh, because they control the public by the public being kept in ignorance and not thinking so it's really important that people um make themselves yeah. make themselves uh, well, to educate themselves is to look for the facts. Don't listen to these uh, false prophets. Look for the facts. Multi-source your information. You know, the information is there. Yes, of course. <laughs> you can come and read our book and you'll get lots of it from there. You can listen to your show, Ryan. Lots of information there. And, okay. uh, and, uh, and become so that they can make informed decisions. And the thing is that, again, when we talk about education, but I mean, what happens in the school system is, is not education. And, you know, I mean, the, the Stereophonics album called, you know, Just Enough Education to Perform. So that ties in with, you know, with what David was saying, that, you know, that 
um, children are provided with enough inf information to be able to perform these tasks, um, but they aren't encouraged and they're not um, allowed, trained, well, trained's the wrong word, but they're not encouraged, they're not educated to think, to think critically. They're not given the tools to, well, they're, they're not taught logic. I mean, and that's one of the problems with all of this. It's um, so many logical fallacies. And, and once you understand the logical fallacies, you see them everywhere. You know, just, just the, you know, the whole idea that um, people have to prove something doesn't exist. I mean, that's called a, a burden of proof reversal logical fallacy. You know, yes, the, it the is. And and those sorts of things. And once you understand that, you just you know it's you can think so much clearer. I mean, you know, the reification um, fallacy of if you're trying to give um, features to something that have never been proven. So it's just there are so many. I mean, once you learn the logical fallacy, I mean, just I mean there are lots, but learn a few of them and and start to think logically. I mean, it's not you know it's not boring to to be logical, um, but it helps you see through a lot of the propaganda that's being promulgated, pushed out on a daily basis by, by, the, by the mainstream. I know the mainstream is dying, um, but at the same time, you have to engage the same critical skills when you're looking at the so-called alternative, because the so-called alternative, as David has said quite clearly, is, is infiltrated. So you cannot assume that just because it's the alternative. Um, there is... Um, a, a growing, if you like, sort of third layer, which is the the freedom movement, which, which are you know, which are made of you know people who are really trying to put the information out um, without it, and and it's it's not a movement. So um, you know, people like us, people like you, just putting the information out to say, look, have a look at this. And do like Dawn and I did for the 10 years it took us to research our book, follow the evidence, yeah. you know, look critically at the evidence. Does it make sense to you? Multi-source mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, think critically. That's really important. But uh, unfortunately, most people are lazy and just take what suits them, take on board what suits them, take the narrative it suits them and feeds their prejudices. <laughs> um, then they're happy to do that. Reverberates you know. inside uh, the echo chamber. Yeah. yeah. For, for, every, so, for everybody and every viewpoint, for that matter, it's not one side or the other of a political or religious or whatever spectrum. Go ahead, David. I know that that's uh, really it. Really, I, I can see we've uh, uh, we're probably running out yeah, of time. Yeah, we're close. I guess. We're, we're very close to the end. Why don't you guys take about two or three minutes here before we have to completely wrap up and tell us a little bit more about the book? Because I, I seriously, this is one of my favorite books that I own. I have like a whole library here, and I, I love your guys's book. It's amazing. Uh, so much research, oh. and it's it's for me. I mean, I'm maybe I'm a nerd, but it's fun for me to read. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank well, you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. To say. I mean, we, we've, as you rightly said early on, you know, we researched for 10 years um, to, to put that book together. So it was quite a labor of love. And, uh, and it's got 40 pages of references. So all of the work is referenced so people can check it out. It's not just our opinion. And uh, we went back right through history over the last 100, 100 150 years to see where it all started to go wrong so it's all there the story is there so if people stick with it and read the book um, it will give them all the information they need to make informed decisions and to certainly not be afraid of 
germs. You know, germs do not make you ill, and uh, drugs don't don't cure you either. Yeah, so, uh, but it's not just about the germ theory. I mean, we do cover what are called uh, non-communicable diseases, so they're not well, mostly not um, claimed to be caused by germs. Although uh, the medical establishment are actually trying to do more of that. Uh, we talk about the the sources of um, where the problems are, which are, you know, sort of all kinds of manufactured um, products, you know, like things in food. I know you've covered that quite a lot in, in your book. Um, you know, the, the environmental problems and the um, contamination of, of the world, if you like. Um, and vested interests. And, and we also cover um, not just the sort of Western, I mean, it's the Western medical system, but how that is being pushed out out into other parts of the world and the kind of problems that they are experiencing and we give an indication of the kinds of problems that are really behind um, disease you know like so-called TB or whatever in places like India and stuff like that and so uh, you know explaining that um, you know it's not just you know us in the West who are suffering from the you know the diktats of the WHO um, as David said um, you know covered the vested interests so again in the agenda 21 the 2030 agenda you know the NSSM 200 uh, document the um, Kissinger document Kissinger report sorry so it, you know we, we cover quite a lot of ground it's not just exposing the germ theory it's we cover quite a lot of ground and of course we do we don't leave people in the lurch uh, we we take the all the known mainstream diseases that people will be familiar with, and we show that it's not only that it's not germs that have uh, caused it, but we explain what does cause it, so that you can then avoid those things and know how to stay well. Um, so you can take back control of your health. Health is very simple, as we explain. Once you know a few basics, um, people can live long and healthy lives without recourse to drugs. And uh, and that's really the saving grace of it all. Um, so yeah, we if, if people go to, <laughs> if people go to our website, they can uh, get a look inside of the book. Um, we do a, an audio version of it, which you can only buy from our website, and people can listen to a sample of that to see if that uh, suits them better. Um, they can get a Kindle version of it. So there's something that suits everyone's pocket. Uh, the Kindle version is probably about $10, so it's not expensive. Um, so it's all there. Plus, as well, of course, they can see um, many of the interviews that we've done around, around the world uh, and get a good feel for the work. And uh, uh, I'm sure people will find it not only enlightening, but as we've had feedback from people, you know, people have told us it's actually saved their life because they've been able to turn their lives around and um, <laughs> actually save their life. And you, you can't really ask for better than that from someone. No, you cannot. That's fantastic. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these issues are made complicated. Uh, they're muddied. They're made difficult to understand, or at least uh, we're made to perceive them as complicated and, and, and too sophisticated for the average person to grasp. But that's yeah. that's yeah. orchestrated. So we have to go to official sources, doctors, et cetera, to solve problems that for most of us, you know, should be pretty simple to solve or to prevent in the first place. And the weird thing is, even the CDC has said over and over again, even our CDC, which is a godlike entity for some people, they've said that like virtually every major disease in the United States, and I'm, I'm assuming the same thing for the UK, too, 
we know that if you just stop smoking, drinking and uh, eating poorly as much as you do, just cut it back a little bit, just a tiny bit. Uh, we can actually prevent like 80% of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, all the leading killers and all the leading things that put us on drugs and put us into surgery. And that's the CDC, the same CDC that, yeah. that all, said all the stuff the last three years that, you know, the people either bought into or disagreed with and that they're saying, yeah, we can actually stop a lot of this by just uh, taking personal responsibility. Yeah, yeah the, the CDC have also recognized that uh, anxiety is a, um, a serious uh, problem as well you know yeah. there's a report where they you know in these sort of so-called covid deaths you know that there are quite a lot of uh, i think it was the second high um second highest factor that uh, you know anxiety disorders and they're only people who have been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder so they they know they know what's what happens when people are live in fear yeah. so that's that's the antidote is to actually realize not you don't have to live in fear and that's where the that you know the health comes um you know that's another aspect of the, of health as well you know how you feel and how you think you know if you're living in fear it's detrimental to your health it absolutely is we're out of time don lester david parker thank you so so much i really appreciate you coming on the show again thank you thank you and we'll talk to you soon what really makes you ill is the book please go get a copy of their wonderful text you can also find my books on some other subjects at thesecretteachings.info. If you buy one of their books, you support them. If you buy one of my books, you support us. You keep us on air Monday through Friday. Please subscribe to the archive or resubscribe on the website, either thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media. And if anybody would like to continue to help support us, get to the Contact in the Desert Conference, I'd really appreciate that. Just donate through PayPal or use the Cash App. We are giving some stuff away for donations, uh, part of our fundraiser, I should say. Again, this is The Secret Teachings. Stay tuned. Tomorrow night, we'll have Brad Olson on the show. And then next week, we have a bunch of really great guests, Leo Zagami, Laura Lavender, uh, Andrew Cox from Nexus Occult Books. Huge week next week and a huge week still to uh, complete this week. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And we will talk to you on the next broadcast. Broadcast.